Hey gang, welcome to the 16th episode of the Epilogue Gaming Podcast. From everyone at Epilogue, we hope you enjoyed your weekend. I'm Ben Volmer, and this week, as always, I'm joined by Marcos Carmona and Dakota Trammell. How are you guys this week? I'm doing great, man. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's what I like to hear. <laughs> Off to a good start. I am so excited for today's podcast. I feel like yeah. I am much more prepared for this one than the first conspiracy. I think I was just overwhelmed by how much conspiracy is out there. And so, like, oh, yeah. after taking a little time, I, I've I've got it in the bag. Like, I know these things backwards and forwards. So, I'm I'm ready to go. Uh, we're gonna be talking about a little bit of news first. Some of our favorite news stories from the last week and a half since we last recorded. Um, it's also worthy of note that Epilogue Gaming is currently down for the day. Uh, we're working with our host to get it back up. So the podcast may still be able to be posted, but if not, look for it on Tuesday or Wednesday. Um, and then we'll we'll be talking about more video game theory, uh, conspiracy theories. These are obviously this is part two of um, our conspiracy theory series. And then um, we'll be talking about our own created conspiracy theories. So this isn't just fan created theories. This is Ben, Dakota, and Marcos theories. Um, so we're going to be going through that. And of course, we'll be doing our trivia segment a little bit later than later on um but first and foremost marcos what have you been playing the last week or so um i've been playing a lot of neon kuni too dude yeah a lot almost done i'm almost done i have one more trophy to go so you still have like 60 hours left i'm level 83 so like yeah 16 more levels and then i'm ready how long how long have you been playing it like a, a guesstimate on how many hours you've put in the timestamp says like 63, but I've died a lot and lost hours, so I'm guessing around 70. Wow. All right. And uh, you're enjoying it, right? I, I remember. I love is it, it. Uh, it's end game just as good as early game? Uh, sort of. Like, you unlock various things to do at the end game, like more citizens you can get into the kingdom and more dungeons and special doors that you can go through so uh it's cool it's fun it's just that the very last one is horrible because you everything's fine you never feel under leveled until this very last part yep that's jrpgs in a nutshell honestly yeah uh dakota what have you been playing last week or so guess bitch oh wow uh (laughs) nino kuni too (laughs) (laughs) And you, I, 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 from what I understand from your Twitter account, uh, you are a little obsessed with this game. Yeah. You leave yeah. it on sometimes when you're not even like playing it, just to have nope. it on. Yeah, yeah, I do. Okay. I do. Uh, so, and, like literally right before the podcast, uh, I was actually going to go turn it on, then I couldn't find my controller for my PS4. Is there a risk that you'll be? be running... Is there a risk you'll be playing it during the podcast? No, it's it's not on. Okay. And if it is, you will definitely hear it, and you'll be. <laughs> <laughs> we'll know. You um, will know, and you'll be like, "What the, the music, fuck?" The music it's is fantastic in the game, dude. Yeah, I'm, well, I'm really excited. I'm excited to play it myself. Um, I've been looking for an RPG. I was asking Marcos what we should play, and I also I do want to uh, sort of make a little announcement. We're changing things up for our achievement hunter. If you're part of the epilogue community, you've probably seen our achievement hunter um our little achievement hunter game that we have our leaderboard where people go and hunt achievements for prizes and such we're redoing all that so uh give us your feedback on that if you've ever participated or felt like maybe you would participate if things were a little different 
uh, we are doing that. If and if you don't know, you can visit our uh, our Discord, ep- the Epilogue Gaming Discord. You can find it through our website. Whenever it is back up. Um, but let's see the last the last week or so. What have I been playing? More Mega Man. I finished the Mega Man Legacy Collection, which was probably the fastest I've ever played six games in such succession. Like it took about a month probably to play through six games essentially. And I loved all of those. Um, I've been playing a little less Fortnite than usual, but still playing it. And let's see, what else did I play? Um, I think that that about covers it, really. Oh, I've been playing Celeste, too. Been playing Celeste. Two minutes of Super Noah's Ark Adventure. I did play two minutes of Super Noah's Ark, and that was two minutes too many. Um, Nino Kuni is so good. Yeah, I I should just uh, pop in. I, although I feel like with you two like currently entrenched in it, the podcast needs a little perspective elsewhere. So maybe you know, once you guys finish it up. So good. I mean, there it's I mean, not soon like enough, a... soon enough. God of War is gonna take over. Yeah. Yeah, I was gonna say I'm as soon as I'm done with Nino Kuni, I'm gonna go get God of War. Okay. Um, I think in like two weeks, right? Yeah, yeah give or the take. Twentieth. Are either of you guys going to play any of the previous games before it, or are you just nope. going to jump in? I already played all the previous games. Like, I might play the God of War 3 Remastered again, because I, it's a great game, and I like it, but uh, yeah, I'm probably I, just going to jump straight into the God of War. I think I'll probably do the same thing. I was thinking about playing the previous ones, but I feel like this break, just from what we've seen of the trailer, like, you know how Kratos is kind of old, he's, like, got a kid. I feel like... It would be disingenuous of me, the player, to play God of War 3 right before the new one comes out. It's like we were supposed to have this break with Kratos, you know? And then when we come oh, back, yeah, it's like, yeah, right. there's like supposed to be a space here. So I don't know if that makes sense or if anybody else is thinking about it the same way. But for me, I'm just going to get back in and it'll be like seeing a, lo- a you know, like a long lost friend. Um, and the combat looks sick. Oh, oh yeah, it looks great. It looks so good. And it looks properly like slow and methodical. Like if we assume that Kratos has aged a bit, you know, maybe his fighting style is a little smarter, but slower. They're willing his chains so wildly. Right, right. So I'm excited. Everything seems to make sense, Ludo narratively speaking. Um, so that's good. I yeah, I don't think anything else. So I'm ready to jump into our you news know, stories. Is so fun. Is it good? Do you guys like Nino Kuni? Yeah. Oh, I love it. <laughs> I have over a hundred hours. Oh wow. Okay. I guess I should over have asked 100. you. Fantastic. I assumed you were like I have over a hundred. Since Marcos has been playing it for longer, but I was wrong. I play. Uh, I think she plays it at like a higher intensity than I do. Yeah. It I sounds like I it. Do it. I do it with you a mission it? in hand. She sounds like she's trying to recruit me to a cult. <laughs> Dude, uh, I feel like that's man. how I talk about any video game I love, though. When you set up your kingdom, you're you're hooked. It's it's, it's crazy. That's where that's where the game got me. That's yeah. where I got got. That's literally pro- most of my hours are just from leaving the game on. Okay. Collecting collecting coins, collecting items. Uh, so that way I have a when I come back to it, whenever I get off work or whenever I go back to it, so I have just this huge stash waiting, and I could just boop 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 get like five things done at once. Okay. Well, yeah, it's it's definitely on the list. Uh, But in terms of this week's news stories, Marcos, uh, what do you have for us? What was your favorite news story over the last week? Uh, Recently, Final Fantasy released a um, roadmap for the Final Final Fantasy Fantasy 15 specifically. Oh, yeah. Oh, the Final Fantasy Twitter like dropped it 
Right. Already Final Fantasy 15. Talking about the roadmap for Final Fantasy 15 for the new season of DLC that's coming out, including both Comrades and Episode DLC. And for people that don't know what Comrades is, it is a completely separate game for multiplayer stuff. Kind of like the Final Fantasy 14, but instead of being being a uh, like a dungeon crawler, it's more of a co-op mission regard over the uh, action RPG four-person style. Right. With various missions to get power to you. So a little less MMO, a little more co-op. Yeah, it's really right. great. Oh, I love it. And apparently it's getting its own like separate release outside of being inside the Final Fantasy XV game itself. Okay, so they'll sell it separately? Bucks. Yeah, and I think it's only 40 bucks, which is not bad. Okay. It's a big game, and it's getting more. It, they're really more riding this Final Fantasy XV trade. Like, yeah, man, two years old, and we're still mm-hmm. getting stuff. Yeah. I actually don't hate games that do this. I've talked about it before, but I think if you're going to do DLC, this is the right way to do it. Just like oh, uh, keep keep extending the game if you want. That's fine. I can pay I'm for it if I feel like it. I can ignore it if I don't. We're getting more character DLC. I'm ready to play with my boy Arden. We get like three hours of him in the original story, and now we're going to get like another eight. I'm ready. Hell yeah. Yes. Okay. He looks fabulous. And uh, Dakota, what what about you? What was your favorite news story last week or so? Mine is uh, well, we we just had April Fools like last la- a week ago. <laughs> and, yeah, literally uh, one week ago. And you know, everyone likes to have fun on April Fools. Path of Exile for April Fools, uh, turn their game, which is a RPG. Um, I don't know if it's multiplayer or not. I just know it's an RPG. It's an isometric multiplayer. Sorry, isometric RPG. It is not multiplayer. Okay. Yeah. But um, they took it and turned it into a 100-player battle royale. Right. <laughs> All in, like, and they, the, the developer said it took them one day to develop, but they turned the game for a day into an actual battle royale game. Right. And, like, the marketing behind it was like, oh, we, we've listened to what fans want. <laughs> we we understand that people who like our obscure game wanted it to be turned into a mainstream battle royale game. It was really great. It was fun, and apparently the game itself. I didn't play it. I don't know if either of you did, but apparently it was actually really really fun. So, oh, I'm sure. Yeah, also interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and like one day, incredible. It's honestly game developers don't get enough credit for like how good they are at their jobs. Yeah, I was gonna. I also, I almost talked about this one too, but I decided to go with the other one. But Fallout New Vegas, um, there's been like this prequel DLC or prequel mod that has been a nine-year project. Yeah, Project California, right? Yeah, New New California is what they're mm-hmm. calling it. Um, they've been working nine years, and it's just went into beta, which I right. think is. I almost talked about that too because that seems cool to me. Yeah, I I actually saw some people streaming like earlier versions of it. It looks good. It's like a totally different game. It's it's the same game, but it's like new story, new everything. So yeah, good on. I mean, honestly, that is impressive. That's impressive. We'll see if Bethesda puts their foot down. I could see them, especially if like Fallout Five is being planned for like you know Los Angeles or something like that. I thought it was New Orleans. That's the rumor. I don't know that we actually have any proof, but um I didn't well yeah, you're right. There's never like definitive proof, but they took out uh Yes, I do remember that. Like an uh, IP that thing. Trademark. Yeah. yeah. New Orleans would be pretty cool. Yeah. 
Um, that, that would be a good location. I actually almost chose that for my story too. Both of those, both of those were good. Um, I this week was Sony finally announced. <laughs> this isn't even really a news story. So my favorite part about this is that it's just basically and, confirmation of rumors. Yeah, and it wasn't. I shouldn't say Sony. It was Activision. Activision finally announced the the remaster of Spyro, the Spyro trilogy. Um, so we've we've gotten to the point where like after months of speculation and everybody knowing this happened was going to happen, they finally released a trailer for it. And I got to say, they did it in probably the best possible way that they could. There was, uh, you know, they sort of, they sort of released the original game footage and then overlaid it with the newer stuff um, in the trailer. And it looks, it looks fantastic. So it looks fantastic, dude. Yeah. Um, I think uh, Crash Bandicoot had the best, trailer reveal it made me laugh really hard is that what the picture was from that you just posted <laughs> yeah man it's just a picture of like some dude in a crash bandicoot suit i only vaguely remember the trailer playing the oh that's the right same trilogy and yeah. the konami code and the konami code then revealing the uh spiral trailer which right i thought was great i thought it was really great. right 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 okay i get it um yeah i i think that for Spyro to succeed at this point was literally just making sure the remaster was well developed. There's no way this doesn't sell almost just as well as the the Crash trilogy, right? Like yeah, with all the hype that thing rode, yeah, it's gonna be fine. Um, Did so they say which of the three games they're including in the Spyro? Trilogy? I think it's just the original trilogy because there's a break at which point the games get less good, and I think it's immediately after three. So. I don't know anything really about the Spyro franchise, and that's why I'm so excited because I haven't played them. So, um, it's gonna be awesome. I'm really, I'm really juiced for that. Yeah. So, I think that's it. That for our news, for our news segment. Have we talked about Nino Cooney enough? <laughs> I feel like we haven't. I think so. I think we've talked about Nino Cooney enough. And honestly, we have a huge segment coming up. Um, oh boy. So I think it's best if we break now and then just let that train roll all the way to the finish line. Uh, so let's go ahead and take a little break now. Thank you for listening. We've got Conspiracy Theory Episode 2 coming up uh, just after this break, and we'll see you shortly. This episode of the Epilogue Gaming Podcast is brought to you by our Patreon members. If you'd like to subscribe, you can do so for as little as $1 a month. A special shout-out to our Platinum and Midnight tier members of February, including Matt Buchanan, Finks the Dragon Slayer, Blister Agent, Bright Wolves, and Drath Josh, who urges you to check out the Epilogue After Dark podcast later this month. Welcome back, everybody. <laughs> it's good to have you guys. Thank you for listening to our Conspiracy Theory episode, part two. Uh, this week, we're going to be talking about our favorite theories that we created these are our own our own theories um but yeah please i'm sure people will poke holes in it but we'll see um i've tried to do a good job of poking holes in my own theory so i can not even get to that point but we'll see um i also before we get to all of that we're actually going to be playing a game called bunk it or debunk it and what we'll be doing is i'll be walking through uh walking marcos and dakota through actually created fan theories that are already present online or in other places uh and they will tell me whether they believe it to be true 
i.e. Uh, bunk it or not true, and which they would say debunk it. So if you think it's true, you'll say bunk it. If you say think it's not true, you'll say debunk it, and you can provide justification for either. If you don't know much about the theory at all, you don't have to worry about it. But uh, let's go ahead and start with a f my one that I think is actually pretty morbid. Um, and I had thought about this when I played through the game, and I wonder if, if this popped up, especially for Dakota, who I think really likes these games. You don't uh, know me. Well, we'll see. A portal theory. Um, you like portal, right? Yeah. Yeah. A portal theory. Companion cubes are actually full of people. So the companion cubes you use to weigh various scales in the game and plug into certain... Uh, holes to open up doors and what have you are actually filled with people um, So these these cubes usually have hearts little hearts on them. They seem pleasant um, And you carry them around with you throughout the game and they're called companion cubes now the theory goes uh, That these these cubes are full of dead test subjects Which the player is actually a, a test subject in the game um, so these are people who have essentially failed the tests that they are being put through and then stored into little boxes um, Because honestly, where else would those people go? We don't see them throughout the rest of the game And one very important note is that Gladys who is the the sort of the boss robot the ever-present uh, Machine that is telling us what to do tells us to ignore the companion cube if it ever talks So Marcos bunk it or debunk it Bunk it means I believe it, right? Yeah, bunk it means All you believe right, bunk it. it. Bunk it. All right, Dakota. You know I'm gonna say bunk it. Bunk it. All right, good. Any anything more to say on it? Or are we are we just firmly believing this thing? You you kind of yeah. Kind of hit the nail on the head. Yeah, yeah. I, I think this is a pretty pretty good theory. I just the the big thing that gets me I think is I remember hearing that one too though. Yeah, I mean these I just to, just to clarify, these are not my own theories. These are from elsewhere. Um, we'll be getting to our own later. But the the big thing that gets me is where else would we see like these? We shouldn't be the first subjects, right? We're not the first subjects. No. They've gone somewhere. Uh, I mean, you could even see at um the start of Portal Two. You're in like a little room, right? And uh, you're you're not the only one with the room. And when Wheatley comes in to check on you, he uh, that's right. I forgot about rooms, Wheatley. When the rooms start like shifting, and he's obviously had experiences with like other people, right? So um, something happens. I think they've probably been, everyone. They've been stuffed into companion cubes. It's the easiest. Yeah. It's the easiest explanation. Um, portal, Occam's razor. Now I'm confused about portal. Is Portal, like, post-apocalyptic? I think it's a dystopian thing. Like, people, presumably people without money have been brought in to test certain things and unaware of what they're testing, they start doing this weird thing and then, you know, probably oh, are killed you know in what? the process. You're right, the... Okay, now I remember um, the, like, head of the facility. You kind of go through, like, his, how he started everything. Right, yeah. Yeah, I mm -hmm. remember. Okay, on to the next one. Pokemon is actually set in a mid-war era. And this, I don't know how I feel about this one, but there's, some, there's a couple compelling arguments. The first, the first of which is that there is a large generational gap. There are lots of kids around, and there are very few adults. Um, and an explanation for this would be that adults died during some kind of great war. Um, 
I guess similar to, geez, what was World War II era? Not baby boomers, the one before that. Uh, baby boomers were the ones that were after. Regardless. Yeah, baby um, boomers' parents. Yeah, baby so boobers. <laughs> baby boobers' parents. <laughs> <laughs> this is um, a PG podcast, okay? <laughs> um, so, and then, the, of course, the other thing is that there are numerous references to, and I quote, the war. Um, the first of which is Lieutenant Surge, who says that Pokemon say that his Pokemon saved him during the war. Now, the we don't know what the war is, but it's something, and it's something that's been referenced. Um, do we buy that Pokemon is actually set in a mid-war era and that a large amount of adults have died in the process of this war? Bunk it or debunk it, Dakota? Bunk it. Bunk it? All right. Marcos? Bunk it. Bunk it? Yeah. I, I think this one is actually kind of not even a theory so much as it is fact. I mean, they've... There are various references to this war, so it's not even that it's just there's a lack of adults. It's there's a lack of men adults. There's lots of women. That's uh, also women. true. Yeah. But and Lieutenant Sarge is the only is like one of the first male adults that you come across, and he's a war veteran. And um, most of the, the other ones the that aren't are that. yeah. The most of the other ones also have sort of a military like feel, like Bruno. Um, yeah, Brock's father. And Blaine looks and like I feel, as far as like the R and D is Yes, yep. Mm -hmm. I feel like this mostly like once you kind of start stepping outside of like Gen two, this this theory starts to maybe kind of lose some value. Yes, I agree. Because uh, as you get into newer, uh, but you could always make the argument that newer games are in. Not to mention, if I remember but correctly, Gen future, so. Gen two when they return to Kanto in Gen two, it actually looks really funky. Like there's lots of destruction and stuff. But I can't remember if that's a result of. Yeah, like there's lots of weird stuff going on. So I remember also there's in the Sinnoh region, I believe there's a library you can go to, and it talks about that kind of stuff. It talks about not just the war, but it also talks about the time where people would kill Pokemon for food and stuff. Weird. Yeah. Okay. Actually, you know what? There's a movie, um, a Pokemon movie that talks about a big war, and that's like its huge plot point is that. It was like the movie where Lucario was ever first like in, hmm. where it talks about a huge Pokemon war, oh, like writer. actually, yeah. And Lucario was part of. I now I can't remember the like the name of the movie or like what actually happened besides that. So but Ash was of course like some. We're some definitely bunking this one then. Yeah, this seems yeah. this seems like an obvious bunk. Okay, I think all three of us think that. I going back just to put my own two cents on the companion cube i actually bunk that one as well i think portal is so weird that like that that's almost an implication of the game is that something is going on inside those cubes whether it's dead test subjects i don't know but what what else would be more fitting than that for for that type of game okay um Wander and Mono aren't dating in Shadow of the Colossus. Uh, so this is evidenced by a couple of things. No proof of a prior relationship. The moment we see them, Wanderer is carrying uh, Mono to the, to the shrine. Um, they could be siblings. They look an awful lot like each other. And there's no real reference to any kind of love. There's no, there's no real kiss or anything like that. Uh, this she theory, is dead. This theory a doesn't... portion of the game. <clears throat> No, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's but true. No. That's true. I just wanted to say something. Okay, so Marcos, are we bunking? Are we bunking this or debunking it? Uh, I think I debunk it. Debunk it. Any particular reason? That's going in there. Okay. I Dakota? don't believe that there's Go for it. Something that's weird. All right, Dakota. 
I bunk it. I I personally bunk it. So this is actually something that I brought up in my recent playthrough of Shadow of the Colossus is that I felt like they weren't necessarily in a relationship. But the more I actually looked into this theory earlier, I just, there's no compelling evidence to the contrary. It's mostly like people trying to prove a negative, like, oh, we don't actually see proof of them being in a relationship. But like, come on, the guy is obviously in love with this person. And I guess that doesn't mean that he, you know, you know, you can't really love your siblings or whatever, but he... It could have been, like, a child... Well, I guess you can fall in love with childhood friends, though. Yeah. I like the idea that they're not in love. I think that's a... That it's platonic. Yeah, I kind yeah. of like the but idea also... of it. I just don't feel like that's... The evidence is there. No, yeah, it's... <clears throat> I shouldn't have said bunk it. Because um, even in Ico, which is, a, like, a sequel to it, uh, there's tons mm -hmm. of foreign children... Right. And the horn children are thought to be descendants because obviously Mono and Wander, Wander is reborn with horns, that mm -hmm. they're descendants of the both of them because obviously they're the only ones. Wander has horns. No other people have fucking horns. He had to have kids with someone. Mono's the only person on that dumb little island. So horn children are uh, descendants of Mono and Wander, which would give like credit to some sort of relationship at some point, even right. if it's not what we see. Yeah. I agree. Uh, I think we're so. If you're changing your answer to debunk, we're all off that theory. This next one gets a little weird. Um, so, so buckle up, especially Marcos, who shares my love of this game. Uh, instead of drinking normal blood in Bloodborne, you're drinking menstrual blood in Bloodborne. Now, this actually has substantial proof to it. Um, all of the blood vials come from female characters. Uh, it, obviously, the character collects these blood vials as they go along. All of them come from female characters. Ariana, who is a character who gives you one of these blood vials, stops giving you blood vials after becoming pregnant. No elderly women in the game give blood vials. And there are several references in terms of name to the menstrual cycle, including the menses brain uh, and menses is Latin for menstruation. So... Uh, this one, I, I mean, right off the bat, I felt like there was substantial proof for this. I don't know exactly what value it adds to the game, except for there's definitely themes of, of like motherhood in the game, including Orphan of Cause, um, things like that. I think this is an easy bunk, but Dakota, even what do you say? Even Amygdala is his mother. Oh yeah, for sure. For sure. So Dakota, what are your thoughts? I don't know anything about Bloodborne, like just going off of what you give me, I'd say bunk. Bunk. Uh, just because, like, that sounds like, okay, sounds yeah. like something Bloodborne would do. This is one of the more um, detailed theories I came across. But, but it... I wish I could, like, I've played it so I could give more insight as to, like, some, like, significant meaning to it. Sure. Marcos, do you have any, any significant meaning here? Uh, dude, I believe it. Yeah. Yeah. Bunk. I think, I think if we're looking for meaning, it's just a thematic thing. Um, the mud you know and the, especially with like the moon being a, a thing you know that it yeah, pops up in say. the game it's just like there's so many references to that cycle that it's like i don't know i i think it's a thematic thing yeah and wet nurse it's like it's a thematic thing rather than a like a substantial gameplay or world building change it's just a it's just a theme um yeah, I almost had a theory. So I, following along with this, I almost had a theory that uh, the doll is 
is the player's mother. Um, I almost, I almost went with that, but I, I already, I poked too many holes in my own theory and I moved on. <laughs> um, I just thought that would have made sense. Like, uh, I don't know. I won't get into it. I won't get into it. Um, did you ask if I was okay? <laughs> get into it. Oh, no, no, no. I, I, I can't. I won't get into it. My, trust me, my theory is going to go along on, on long enough uh, when we get there. Okay, so this is one we talked about briefly last week. Um, this is Red killing Gary's Radicate. So we have some evidence, and I dug into this one a little deeper. Um, of course, the most present evidence is that Gary no longer has, or Blue no longer has the Radicate after the battle of the SSN uh, between he and Red. Now, the more I dug into this, the more I believed it. Uh, some of the evidence includes, obviously, that the Radicate never shows up again and that there's no Pokemon Center on the ship. So you might believe that the Raticate sustained some injuries during the fight and passed away. Um, now, not exactly oh, in the also, game. Oh, go ahead. You can, uh, I, I think the, one of the next big towns you go to is Lavender Town. Yep. And it has a cemetery there, and you can see him either coming out or you find him in there at some point. I don't remember. I don't remember. I know Lavender Town is like shortly after. I don't really remember the Radicate. Well, he doesn't uh, ever talk about it, but you do see him yeah. some. I can't remember exactly, and I haven't played it in so long to say like for certain. Mm -hmm. But it's either when he you comes. You enter Lavender Town. You see him standing in front of a grave, and then you talk to him, and then you leave. Oh, <laughs> all right. I like that <laughs> bunk, baby. <laughs> Yeah, I was yeah, going to say, the, he's in Lavender Town. I just don't yeah. remember how, yeah. who, or what. I know he's there, though. Bunk it, yeah, bunk it. Lavender Town has it. a bunch of weird stuff. They also have the hand that, like, the invisible hand that touches you. Ooh. Dakota, are What's we bunking have... this one? Oh, yeah, this is what, as soon as you said that, I was like, man, I don't even have to listen to bunk it. <laughs> yeah, all right, Marcos? Yeah, I believe it. We're all bunking this one. Okay. Eradicate, poor guy. Okay, so the next Eradicate. one... The, the, Top 20 percentile. <laughs> <laughs> the next one is actually a little. This one's following along the um, the earlier one uh, with with the uh, the Pokemon. This is kind of a end of the world type theory. Uh, the five bug jars that are scattered across Skyrim are actually an indication of a ritual being set up by the Thalmor to end the world. Uh, so Thalmor, as we've come to know it, are like immortal beings uh, in comparison to everybody else who seems to have l like a normal life and death cycle. Um, so to provide context here, there are five bug jars that don't seem to have much of a purpose scattered through Skyrim, including one of a butterfly, a bee, a torch, a torch bug, dragonfly, and a normal bug. Um, and they're spread across the world and they actually point to several locations in sort of like a almost like an Illuminati looking shape <laughs> you know like that sort of Shit. ritual type Todd Howard? <laughs> and, and that sort of that sort of shape um, and so it, it forms like a, an exact pentagon and now there's actually writing of a Thalmor plan to end the world um in several different locations across the, the Elder Scrolls series. And I don't know that there's really anything that substantial. I was looking for it. There's not a whole lot that points to this being like a, you know, actual thing other than, oh, maybe like there's got to be a reason for them being spread out. 
uh, and the Thalmor thing might be the easiest explanation, but I didn't know how to feel about this one, but it seemed pretty popular. I kept running into it. So Dakota, what are we thinking? Let Marcos go first on this one. Marcos? Oh, okay. Um, sure, why not? Tell it seems like a weird dude. Yeah. <laughs> okay. In the world. Dakota? I am debunking this because I actually read, either I read an article or watched a video specifically about this. Not for this, just because I was curious because this is something that's uh, like intense Skyrim fans right. are obsessed with is finding the meaning of these bug jars because okay. the game, they're literally just collectibles you find in the game. They have no purpose other than taking up inventory space. But I read this dude, he went on a hunt, years long. Do we hunt, have a name? Kind of, uh, no, I'd have to go back and try to figure out where we'll I found it. We'll try and reference um, it, yeah. I could do it after the podcast. Sure. Because uh, it's going to take me a minute of digging. I think it was no a problem. YouTube video I watched. Okay. But he went, he, he went on a huge hunt because he was determined to find the meaning of these bug jars. Um, oh <laughs> and... <laughs> He tried getting in touch with, like, you read through the credits and look them up on Twitter and try and figuring out, oh, hey, at them, like, hey, can you give me any information on this? And it's like, oh, sorry, I don't know about that. Oh, can you give me information on this? Don't know nothing about it. Sorry, dude. But he hunted. Like, this wasn't like he didn't just do it in, like, a week or a month. It took him a while, you know? Right. Um, and it's not like he was constantly doing it. He didn't devote his life to bug hunting. <laughs> but uh, <ev> <laughs> eventually, because everyone thought, like, they had to have some kind of meaning and they everyone wanted to kind of fill them with some purpose right but eventually he found the person on twitter who who worked on like the designs for these or something right. and he was like yo what what's their meaning what do they mean because they do have inscriptions on the inside of the lids uh-huh um, they're like dude it's just a scrapped side quest we never <laughs> did <laughs> <laughs> all right and I was like, I don't know what you were expecting. Yeah, I was thinking but... debunk here too. Uh, just didn't feel like there was enough. It's sort of like the pendant in Dark Souls. I kept, that's exactly where I started with my own created theory. The pendant, which is an item that you can select, has no actual meaning in the Dark Souls universe. Uh, and it pretty much says as much that like there's no, that it doesn't really mean or do anything, but people keep searching for reasoning behind it. Sometimes they're just either A, there to mess with you, or B, like you said, a scrapped side quest or whatever. Like, these are just things that make their way into a game, and they don't have an awful lot of meaning to it. So, I don't know. I think Dark Souls 3 does a throwback to the ring, or a callback over with the Calamity ring in New Game Plus 2 that you can get. Yeah, it does. And they talk about how it's like, uh, like people trying to find meaning behind things. When in reality they're just making it harder on themselves right because the effect of the ring is just you take double damage yeah <laughs> um so oh there it is uh camel works okay so if you're looking for this uh the video that dakota was talking about it's from camel works and it's called skyrim's bugs in jars solved in all caps elder scrolls detective well David done my friend like tweets in there for proof i'm gonna write my thesis on these bug jar bug in jars oh boy um okay so i have one final bunk or debunk i think we're uh, marco said bunk it right so dakota and i are yeah. firmly in the debunk train on that last one but here's a good one here's this is one that i had sort of theorized on my own too so i was like let me see if i can find some minecraft theories yes so this one is really weird there is a theory that the world that you're actually on in minecraft is the sun 
Now, this is kind of off because you can actually see a sun in Minecraft, but you can also see the moon. And it's in a weird shape where if you say turn to the west, there's the sun. And if you turn to the east, there's the moon. You can see them simultaneously across from each other. So you are in between them. And as everybody knows, if we were on Earth, the we'd be rotating around the sun and we couldn't possibly see A, the sun, and B, the moon at the same time uh, in, in various spots or at least across from each other. But as it sort of stands right now, um, the way, the way that this, this theory goes is that the moon is on the opposite side of the game sun, which isn't possible unless both are revol evol eh, revolving around Earth. <laughs> Um, and so the sort of theory that was set up to explain this is that the sun was slowly dying, so the builders set the earth aflame to create a new sun and left it behind for the now dead sun. So you are now actually on the old sun, which was petering out, and every time you look at the sun, you're actually looking at earth, which was set aflame as a form of a new star. And the only reason that I find this actually sort of credible is A, because scientifically it wouldn't make sense unless the moon and sun started revolving around the earth so i guess that's just as probable in the minecraft verse um but the reason that i think it's it's so evident is the bedrock that is so close to the earth's core uh is is possible evidence that we're we're really on a now semi-life-formed sun um and that the closer we the closer we dig towards the sun's core we meet bedrock and of course here on earth we wouldn't meet bedrock till much later i don't know it seemed like something that could possibly be true i honestly i think i'm gonna bunk this one i'm gonna bunk it i just i don't see that because scientifically it couldn't we couldn't still be on earth so what's the other explanation here uh developers uh screwed up <laughs> <laughs> debunk marcos yeah, okay dakota yeah i'm with him on this one debunk yeah, debunk. Like, I mean, yeah it's like you can stretch and be like yeah th this is a cool idea huh guys but it's like then i don't know it's, it's just kind of like okay i guess yeah the, the i mean only whatever reason, you want to whatever like, it, we're not on earth anymore right we've established in this game we're not on earth yeah right real. i don't know I don't know if I it's real. Know. Is there a narrative know. in Minecraft? Is that what I'm hearing? There's, an, there's no narrative, seen, but... Uh, no. Telltale no. Games Minecraft no. story mode? No. We, we <laughs> see a dragon. Presumably yeah, we're not on Earth like, anymore. You also see zombies and skeletons. And <laughs> yeah, I'm just not thinking Minecraft is this deep. <laughs> yeah, probably not. Um, I'm still going with Bunket. I think just scientifically... <laughs> It doesn't make any sense that the moon and sun would both be revolving around Earth. There's got to be some reason they did that. Right? There's some reason why they put bugs mm -hmm. in jars? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, fair enough. Moving on. Uh, let's get to our, our favorite theories that, that we created. Um, Dakota or Marcos, do you guys have a preference for which of you goes first? Uh, I don't care. Okay, then I will go ahead and let you go first, Dakota. Uh, tell us about your own. So I just want to establish for everybody. And if Dakota and Marcos are anything like me, what they did was they created this theory and then double checked to make sure it wasn't something that existed somewhere else on the, on the internet as best to our abilities. Like all things probably exist in some contingent on the internet. 
uh, but that these are not established fan theories. Uh, and you're welcome to call us out if that's not the case, but um, I'm going to go ahead and let Dakota do her thing. And Marcos and I will both bunk or debunk Dakota's uh, theory. So go ahead, Dakota. Give us your best pitch. Okay. So I'm 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 not gonna lie. I told you I I was a little underprepared, <laughs> and I wrote this the first ten minutes of the podcast starting. <laughs> Why I said? But, do you, are you ready to start? No, I she was I was ready. ready okay, <laughs> I just, I, I'm ready. I'm good. It's good. Okay, all right. It's good. Okay, it's about Hatsuko boyfriend. <laughs> oh great! Oh, debunk, my. debunk. <laughs> no, I'm ready. I'm ready. I need. I need more. Okay. <laughs> okay. So there's this. There's this theory. Wait, wait, wait. I need to. I need to contextualize this. Hatsuko boyfriend is a dating sim pigeon game. That's <laughs> all you really need to know. You date pigeons in the game. Okay. Also, I should give some context as to a very general i of not the plot, but of like. The world that this game takes place in okay oh, yeah. this is canon this i don't know if you'll i'm sure ben won't believe me this is canon this is like stated in the game this is actual for real this game is uh after mo majority of humans have died out due to a avian flu and now because of the cure that was made for this avian flu only killed more people but also uh gave the birds uh, hyper intelligence um, which allowed them to take over society and become like the dominating creature of Earth now. This is real-life canon, people. Real-life canon. This is real-life real canon. <laughs> real canon. I could not be making this shit up, okay? Okay. Okay, go, go on with the theory. I to throw that in there. Okay, Fair enough. There's, this, there's this theory called predictive programming, and they, do, they talk about it with lots of other um, like real-world... This is so weird. Theories. Blake and I were having this discussion like literally just the other day. Blake, who also writes and does the Ludo Narrative podcast. Anyway, we were having a discussion about predictive programming, so I feel well-prepared for this theory. Go on. Okay. And so they do it with lots of real-world things where yeah, they drizzle in... Um, like things, uh, I don't know how, the only thing I see it in connection to is a, a, a tragic thing that I'm not going to talk about. Okay. Because um, I feel like it would be inappropriate. Okay. <laughs> uh, and just kind of out of place for the podcast. Fair enough. But they, it's, say if someone wanted to kind of mentally prepare you for something, they'd kind of maybe drop not so subtle hints where it's very much like in your face, but you don't think nothing about it. Like a background poster or in an ad or, you know, like your parents are getting divorced. So your mom starts watching more TV shows about getting divorced or something. I don't know. Okay. Um, but I think this game is uh, predictive programming. I don't know how else to say that, but for, it's like a cautious warning tale. Okay. For the human for the people, uh, human future. Um, of the avian bird flu. <laughs> yeah, because it is, it's literally, they call it in the game, I'm sure they had like an actual name for it, it but it, as far as I'm aware, it was avian flu. It's not called bird flu. It's called yeah, avian, avian flu, flu right. Wasn't bird flu a real thing? Well, avian flu and bird flu would be redundant, so it's just avian flu. No, yeah, yeah. but like, would bird flu was bird flu a real thing, like in real I, life? I don't remember. I think avian I flu, flu was. was. I'll, I'll I fact check this while you, while you're going on. I know swine flu is a very real thing. People are like, oh, stay away from pigs. But I'm pretty sure swine flu didn't even come from pigs, so whatever. But so I'm like, oh, it couldn't be too far off that birds start giving us disease because they're nasty little 
pests and they carry nasty diseases. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like that one movie where bats gave pigs disease and then we ate a nasty diseased pig. Okay. Um, but was that Charlotte's so, Web? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <What>? No. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Go ahead. But uh, and so as people start, and you know, it's it's not that crazy of an idea for people to, you know, for there to be just like a mass uh disease that kills a lot of people. We you know bubonic plague, whatever type. Not typhoid. Yikes. Tuberculosis. <laughs> Tuberculosis. Also, I just wanted to interrupt real quick and say that it's actually called the avian influenza. And that's code name for bird flu. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, um, and so, for tons of people to get sick, birds would be, you know, super easy. Pigeons are freaking everywhere. There's birds everywhere at all times. For pe- You know, you see a bird and people are just like, yeah, that's a bird. No one cares. It's not like seeing a cool animal or nothing. Right. Um, Unless you see a pterodactyl somewhere. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so the the government in their process, I'm not saying birds are going to become hyper intelligent here. That's a little crazy. That's a little absurd. Just a little crazy. That's a little that's a little <laughs> even too far for me. But the government uh you know, the in their process to try and squash this uh widespread disease um which is hard to avoid because birds are freaking one everywhere. I'm sure they're killing birds off left and right. Sure. Pew pew. Yeah. Uh, and then people are already spreading it because they're nasty, germy, gross. Yeah. Um, so in the government's attempts to try and squash this, they start making a, a cure, which the cure doesn't work. Uh, it only makes it worse, which is what happened in Hospital Boyfriend. It only made matters worse. Um, and then humans die. End of world. Done. And all that's left is Hotoful, and tons of birds. So what you, all I get from this theory is that Hotoful <laughs> did not prepare us for the incoming bird flu uh, that's going to yeah, wipe out the never... species. Yep. Wow. Well, Hotoful it's boyfriend, I, 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 I wish you had done a little better to warn us of our impending doom. It's, it's... <laughs> And that's your uh, own fault. You know what? I'm going to I'm going to debunk this for no other reason than I think that Hotoful Boyfriend is a ridiculous <laughs> and stupid game. <laughs> it's this is exactly why you're gonna die of fucking eight flu. <laughs> 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 it's because you didn't take this game seriously. Oh, Marcos, debunk it or debunk it? Uh, you know what, man? I've played Hotoful Boyfriend. I bunk it. I feel prepared. What? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay. Well, Marcos, go ahead and give us your theory. All right. I'm sorry that mine isn't as uh, colorful as that one. (laughs) But I got a theory that Nintendo are assholes. What? (laughs) Like literal? Yeah. No, no. Have you seen Shigeru Miyamoto's face? No. Okay. Real though. Nintendo is a single single-handedly destroyed blockbuster. Okay. Single-handedly. There was a big thing where they tried to sue them over like software infringement, which ultimately in America uh it was free use for blockbuster because of the video game rental stuff. Right. So Nintendo started deliberately attacking blockbuster. They stopped selling their stuff to them. They started <laughs> uh, and then blockbuster tried to do stuff for like they wanted to they would go to like KB Games or Toys R Us and buy Nintendo games from there and then rent them out and Blockbuster and Nintendo was like, nah, heck them. They started attacking KB and all that stuff so they can only people can only buy like one or two of each game. So then Blockbuster had to figure out some other kind of stuff. And ultimately they Nintendo figured out that Blockbuster was like, yo, 
uh, they are printing copies of our game manuals, which isn't protected in the software thing. So then they finally were able to sue, which ultimately gave Blockbuster this big old like red flag, like everybody looking at them like, yo, they are, they're nothing but copyright infringement people. And right. uh, where's Blockbuster now, huh? Damn. <laughs> so, okay, let me ask you this question. Does Nintendo have anything to do with the closure of Toys R Us? Yeah. <laughs> oh shit! Yeah, that would line up, wouldn't it? <laughs> it might. They're a big business, man. I did buy my first GameCube at Toys R Us. They could I? St- could I still buy a? Could I still buy a GameCube at Toys R Us? I don't think so. Do you I, see EB Games anymore? I bunk it. I bunk it. Toys R Us is dead because of fucking Nintendo. You asshole. <laughs> They're the video game monopoly, man. They're slowly Thanks, things up. We we have to thank Microsoft and Sony for like being the few. Look what happened to Sega, man. Nintendo was like, yo, these guys are big dogs. Well, now Sonic's on our console. What's up? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I bunk it. I bunk it. Nintendo are Nintendo are assholes. Yeah. Nintendo, Nintendo is an asshole. asshole. Gonna die of avian flu. Okay. Um. So my theory is. A little more straightforward <laughs> than both of yours. Um, it's more in line with a, a typical game theory. But I do want to stress that this is something that that has publicly been announced uh, to not be true in terms of the eyes of the developer. So I, my conspiracy is that the developers are actually misleading players in hopes that eventually they will realize the true canon form of the Dark Souls franchise, which I believe You're just desperate. <laughs> I believe is in wow. reverse. I believe that the game actually starts with Dark Souls 3, goes to Dark Souls 2, and then goes to Dark Souls 1. So I have a couple of things that really help point uh point me in the right direction. I think the first and most um the most obvious example is that Marcos, what is the only boss that you fight twice in the Dark Souls franchise? I'm thinking. I know. <laughs> Gundir? Well, sort of. Sort of. You fight a nightmare version, I guess, of Gundir, right? I, I'll, I'll almost give you credit for that one, but it would even play into the theory more. So the one I was thinking of is a boss that appears in Dark Souls 1 and then appears again in Dark Souls 2 despite having already been defeated in canon. So oh, okay. This, this, I'll, I'll go ahead and spoil it for you. This is Ornstein. So in, in Dark Souls 1, I know Marcos hasn't played all the way through Dark Souls 1 yet. Uh, Smo and Ornstein are labeled as two of the game's most iconic boss. You guys probably both know who Smo and Ornstein is. I'm sure everybody knows who Smo and Ornstein is. Um, s'mores um so ornstein makes an appearance in dark souls 2 as its own boss fight and he's not in an orlando which is where you originally fight him uh and neither of them appear in dark souls 3 outside of some paintings on the wall where they're back in an orlando so this is something that i've really thought about because there's a couple things going on in an orlando that's weird one we don't see Smo and Ornstein, so if it was in reverse, uh, we should still see Smo and Ornstein. We see Ornstein in two, and then we see Smo and Ornstein in one. So if the game was in reverse, why are we seeing hints of Smo and Ornstein's life in An Orlando, but we don't see the bosses? So I thought about this. 
Um, and another thing that I thought sort of weakens this theory is the idea of the giant blacksmith being dead in Dark Souls 3. So in Dark Souls 1, there's a giant blacksmith in Anne Orlando, right near Spawn Ornstein, uh, who will help the player develop weapons and um, will help strengthen weapons. And we then see his corpse in Dark Souls 3, leading us to believe that he's dead um, and has died between those two games. So I thought about that, but there's some other things that I want you to consider first before I, I, I sort of talk about those things. One, in Dark Souls 3, there's a boss called Osiris, um, and if possible, I, I would like to play um, some of Osiris's sounds right about here, so I'm going to break for a second just so you can hear those sounds uh, for the listener. How are we going to listen to it? Well, I'm gonna have to explain this. So if if you just if you just listen to the Osiris argument invalid debunk. <laughs> so Osiris is a boss in Dark Souls Three who's entirely optional. Marcos, you fought Osiris, correct? Many a time. Yeah, and he um he has a little cutscene in which he appears to be like murdering a baby when you enter. Um, and then during the fight, when you enter. Yeah, sure. Like, yeah, you're right. Like he he just gives up and says. Heck him, let's go. And like right. So, but the thing is, is that you don't actually see this baby at any point. And yeah. he keeps referring to the baby as the ocelot. And um, the, it, we don't really know a whole lot about this other than we cannot visibly see the baby. Now, this is really weird, especially because players have dug into the code and figured out that there once was an actual baby in his arms. So while he's fighting, there was an actual baby. Now... We've been led to believe at this point that Osiris has probably just gone crazy and that there's no actual baby there, but there's actually sounds, I believe, of a baby crying. Um, and some people believe that's actually Osiris making those noises on his own in sort of like a manic way. I actually believe that the, the, that the baby in his hands is none other than crossbreed Priscilla, who is in Dark Souls 1. Now... This fits. I, this ties back into my Ornstein theory because I believe Marcos. Do you know where you find crossbreed, uh, crossbreed Priscilla? Yeah. You so you find you find her in in Orlando where we were just talking about Smo and Ornstein, um, and it's my belief that in Orlando because you need a special item to get into in Orlando in Dark Souls Three actually is some sort of has some sort of time gap, uh, and that whenever you walk in and out of of on Orlando, there's actually like weird time spacing and you sort of, there's a, there's a, a time gap that goes unexplained uh, throughout, throughout the franchise. So let me just explain why I believe that the Ocelot who uh, Osiris is, is holding on to is actually crossbreed Priscilla. Osiris is a, is a, some sort of dragon. He's smaller though. He's smaller than a dragon. He looks a little bit like Seath who is gigantic. Most of the, the, uh, most of the dragons in Dark Souls are actually quite uh, quite large. Osiris is small. Um, also scaleless. Also scaleless. Um, and Priscilla is labeled crossbreed Priscilla. So this means that she was a crossbreed between some sort of dragon and probably a human. Um, which she's about the same the same size as Osiris, um, which no other dragons in the game are. No other dragons are that small, from what I gather. There are the drakes, but those are entirely different. Just to clarify, um, they're an entirely different species. So, 
one of one of the things that I wanted to bring up about Priscilla is that what does Priscilla do during the boss fight uh, but disappear? She randomly goes invisible. So it's my belief that crossbreed Priscilla, who turns invisible during the boss fight, is actually the baby from Dark Souls 3 that Osiris is holding on to. So that is my long-winded explanation, and there are a lot of holes to poke. Like, why is, you know, the last boss we fight in Dark Souls 3 is Lord of Cinder. So we hear the, we hear the Gwyn music, which is the last boss fight from Dark Souls 1. So if those two things exist, why is it then that it seems like we're fighting some sort of Gwyn ghost at the end of Dark Souls 3? Um, I don't have a really good explanation for that. I do think with in regards to the Anor Lano thing uh, that we're looking at Anor Lando being disillusioned in time, um, which would explain Ordenstein's appearance in Dark Souls 2 uh, without without Smo, and he's not in Anor Lando during that period. So if that would make sense why his appearance in Dark Souls 2 is the only one that chronologically makes sense, because he should be dead at that point. He should be dead. The player canonically kills ornstein in dark souls one there's no reason that he should be alive um so i think i think that's about it that's about it for my theory um oh i did have one other thing that i believe that the firekeeper buried beneath firelink who's kept completely silent silent and behind bars is actually the same firekeeper that allows you to or that is uh, hovering around firelink shrine in dark souls 3 so I think those are those two are the same the same character, and there's no real proof of it being anything else because the Firekeeper in Dark Souls One never speaks, so we don't actually know if it's the same voice or anything like that. Um, we can only kind of theorize as to who that character is and what their significance is. But that is my long-winded Dark Souls is in reverse chronology theory so dark souls 3 then dark souls 2 then dark souls 1 based on the idea that ornstein is still alive in dark souls 2 and that uh priscilla is a, the child of osiris who he's holding in dark souls 3 Whew. bunk or debunk marcos debunk oh all right oh shit you got tell uh, me why okay first off in dark souls 2 you have ladder boy he's dead in dark souls 3 ladder boy the ladder guy? The guy who sells the ladders. The ladder. mm -hmm. yeah. Where is he dead? He's dead after you traverse the prison going towards, uh, what's his face? Uh, small head boy makes a clone of himself. Small head boy? Um, are you, oh, are, are you talking about the, uh, uh, the magic boss? No, the, uh, he has a sword. He turns his, oh my, why am I forgetting his name? It's uh, a boss? Yeah, he's a boss. He's in the cathedral. Or not the cathedral, but like he's in the uh, church that is right before Anne Orlando. Um, are you talking about Deacons of the Deep? No, 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 no. After that. Or I guess before. It depends on what order you go. Before or after. I can't think of it right he's, now. He's after. Um, he's before Aldrich. Um, I can only think of Dancer. It's before Dancer. Oh, uh, are you talking about the guy that starts with a P? Um, Pontiff Sullivan. Pontiff yes. Sullivan, yeah. Yeah. After mm -hmm. you fight Pontiff Sullivan, or before you fight Pontiff Sullivan, you have to traverse this whole stuff where, um, what's it called? Your arm of the giant is half found. You find the ladder guy dead, and that's where you get one of the last Estus shards. 
So the only explanation, because I did think about this, not in regards to the specifically the ladder guy, but also all of the blacksmiths that are around, um, it does seem like all of the characters are named via species, not just by character name. So I wonder if like these bloodlines, it's possible that another character was just given the same name because they were the same species, which happens repeatedly in the Dark Souls franchise. So just a possible reason that they would do something like that. I don't know. I don't know how 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 uh, believable that is, but it is something that exists outside of that character. So I guess it's potentially possible. But then again, also... that would make sense for Ornstein too. But anyway, go ahead. Yeah, there's also a thing regarding Ornstein where the uh, fan theories believe that he goes to find um, Gwyn's son being the Nameless King. And right, in Dark Souls 3. After, and when you, after you fight the Nameless King, you unlock that, what's shrouded in the fog, you find Ornstein's armor scattered throughout that area. Right. So, that still, though could make sense in some weird weird shape or form it could be that whoever ornstein is collects that armor and then uses it in dark souls 2 and then again in dark souls 1 right maybe i don't know i'm just i'm just I, that, that's an idea yeah, okay i get you i'm just trying there's to also, i'm just trying to keep my theory strong yeah. there's also aldrich having the abilities of both um what's his face guinevere and um what's the other one yeah, because he's devoured them. He's like literally eaten them. He's yeah, that was the big hangup. I'm I'm glad you mentioned that because Aldridge was the big the big hangup. Uh, Aldridge is I think the full name is Aldridge, Devourer of Gods, right? Yeah. And um, Aldridge is a cannibal essentially, who's who's eaten children, including Guinevere, who's um, or is it Gwendolyn? No, Guinevere. Gwen, no, Gwendolyn is the one I'm thinking of. Gwendolyn, then. Guinevere is the uh, big chest ahead. Right. Gwendolyn is the uh, the man. Right. The male son. Um, Gwendolyn's son, who he raises as a woman. Or Gwyn's son. Gwyn's excuse, son excuse me. Right. So, um, yeah, that was a big thing for me, too. But we also have evidence that Aldrich can travel in time. That's actually listed in, yeah, in his... Yeah, that's the weird one. That's listed he's in his thing. Right. So he's, like, tied into the whole Bloodborne idea. Yeah, so... I don't know. I, I want to say that there's there's a way out for, like, each thing that I thought of. I was like, you know what that could possibly be explained with this? If... Dakota, go ahead and bunk or debunk. Mm. I need to think. Well, I, just before before Dakota answers, I guess, I, I want to say that this is something that, like, when I, w I was thinking about it, I, I don't actually think this is true. I don't actually think this is true. I'm a big f fan of Souls lore and stuff like that. Um, and I think there are far, again, you know, I return to Occam's Razor, which I think is really important. Occam's Razor is essentially the theory that the easiest explanation is the right one. Um, and I do not think this is the easiest one. Uh, and I do think that Souls is convoluted enough as it is. Um, and yes, everything makes sense when you really start tying it together. They do a really good job. I'm not so sure that if the reverse were true, it would still hold up. Um, and so many people have covered Souls lore. And for this to have not popped up a single time is a little <laughs> discerning, you know, is, is a little uh, unnerving for 
my theory as a whole. I think that this is just something that probably has been thought about. And then there's easy debunks. I just couldn't think of any off the top of my head that were like, yeah, that totally makes the theory irrelevant. So I don't know. I thought I, you can see I put a lot of effort into this one. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, it makes me want to go and look into the theory myself now. I don't know. And I've never played Dark Souls. That's what also makes it hard for me. Right. Is It's usually most of these things. It's like I have a pretty decent knowledge on most conspiracies and like the games they come from. If it's a game I don't know about, then it's throw, I'm out. Right. So, I don't That's know. That's what makes it hard, so it makes me want to, like, look into it myself. I feel like I could buy it, though. I would say bunk it. Bunk it. All right. I I'll take, like I'll take just, a one. If you just told me that and you had it, like, poked your own holes in there and said, this isn't true, actually, sorry. Right. I would have been like, yeah, okay. I believe okay. it. Okay. Cool. Well, I'm glad. Yeah, I, I wanted to deliver that convincingly enough. I, I went back and I listened to when we did our theories last week and i feel like i didn't properly explain the indoctrination theory for for shepherd well enough um it's actually a really great incredible theory but it probably takes about three hours to properly understand it um i i went back and i looked at i watched videos i read an entire essay on it and it's really good stuff and i apologize to anybody who's put work into that like i didn't i was trying to summarize it more than you know um again to bring it up uh you know give a thesis on it it's it is an interesting theory and um i wanted to make sure that my own one was was thorough enough so th i thought you guys both brought really brought uh brought things to the table today dakota and marcos thank you for bringing your theories hopefully fans of the show will debunk our theories as well i would love to hear why i am so wrong and i would love to hear why i am not going to die to the avian flu uh <laughs> And no, why I'd like for my favorite video game company to not be evil. All those things would be good. Good to hear. It's a mask, man. Mario's a mask. Yeah. So Damn I do. It, Reggie. <laughs> Reggie. <laughs> Reggie's body is ready for the avian flu. <laughs> Reggie's body is ready to monopolize the country. <laughs> All right. We're getting to the point where Mario is more famous than Mickey Mouse, man. It's a problem. <laughs> I have, I have a, I have a question for you guys, a, a trivia question. Marcos is still up one. Um, I just I wanted. He's up two. Oh, he's up two. That's right. He he got one right last week. I'm keeping things honest here. Thank you. Um, <laughs> so I did have a quick trivia question with all the talk from about dragons, uh, oh. but between Spyro and Osiris and and Dark Souls and you know, let's go ahead and call the the pigeons from. Uh, Hatoful boyfriend dragons. Close enough, Honestly, right? Uh, dinosaurs used to be were, are birds. Closely are related just, to pigeons, right? Just, just new age dinosaurs, yeah. and dinosaurs look like dragons. Okay, so. I like it. I like it. Conspiracy. <laughs> okay, um, so I'm gonna go ahead and ask Marcos this first. Uh, which of the following is not a real name of a dragon from a video game? Is it A. Chili Billy and Chili Willy? Is it B, Jake Long? Talk. Is it C, Boner Dragon? Is it D, <laughs> Maxos the Eternal Fire Breather of Storms and Death? Which of those four uh, is not a real video game dragon, Marcos? Uh, Jake Long. Jake Long. Dakota, which one is not a real dragon? Let me know if you need me to repeat the answers. Is, is the question real or not real? I'm sorry. The question is, which of the following is not a real name of okay. a dragon from a video game? 
give me a, I, let me think about it for a second. I'll, so I'll repeat Chili just in case. Chili Billy and Chili Willy. Chili Billy and Chili Willy. Jake Long. Jake Long. Boner, Boner Dragon. Dragon. Maxos, yeah. the eternal fire breather of storms and death. I'm torn between one and the first one and the last one. Because somehow Boner Dragon is just... Re out of all the things I've heard, I can believe Boner Dragon out of all these crazy bullshit I've heard from you now. Somehow Boner Dragon, it flies under the radar, but I don't know about those other two. It's like the last one's just a little too crazy. It's like, it's a little too extreme. It's a little try hard. The first one, it's a little too silly, but I, I think I'll go with maybe the last. I'll go with Jake, not, not Jake Long. Sorcerer of Death, Breathing Maxos, Fire. Maxos, the lightning. eternal fire breather of storms and death. <laughs> uh, yes. Yes, it is D Maxos, the eternal yes! fire breather of what? storms and death. I knew Jake what? Long was wrong because I used to watch uh, Jake Long, the American Dragon, it's as a, a kid, and I knew it had a video game. It's a TV show. It's not from a video game. Oh, yeah, but I'm, it has a I've fucking video game. Ding I've dong. I've been robbed. I've been robbed. <laughs> Let you me go ahead and walk walk through this real quick before we wrap up this podcast. Chili and Billy and Chili Willy are from Banjo Tui. Jake Long is from a game called American Dragon. Jake Long. Jake Long. <laughs> no, it's not. It's it still is. a TV show. I call bullshit. Hold on, no, I'm gonna go. I'm Google not this having this. See, Bo Boner this. Dragon is from Kingdom of Loathing. D Maxos, the Eternal Fire Breather of Storms and Death, is actually a totally fictional dragon. Nope. Yeah, for the Nintendo EDS. I didn't bother with any of the Sorry. other ones because I knew, I knew that Jake Long was a TV show. I was like, ah. Oh. No it's way. a. No, I mean, how frequently are uh, <laughs> Dakota posted? From, Listen, are you saying I don't fact check my own game. trivia? No, no, I'm I'm fine. It's in a video game, but it didn't come from a video game. It came from some white man who thought of a cartoon. Okay. All right. Are you saying a white man made American? We need to end this like podcast yes. like right now. Yes. Let's wrap this up. <laughs> Thank I'm you for listening to our 16th this. episode. No, this ben, might be my favorite one yet. You can I've find Dakota on Twitter. What's your handle, Dakota? Hey, you, you know, hold on, wait, sorry. That's not the director. That's just the cast. <laughs> <laughs> um, what? What? Where can people find you on Twitter? At the Empress. There's a three in there. Somewhere. Somewhere. You got to figure it out. Marcos, where can they find you? Oh, man, TwiggyPad37. Oh, I'll, I'll give you that. He's a white one. guy. Yeah, yeah. Voiced by Dante Basco, though, who is not a white guy. Yeah. You can find me yeah, at he, Benjamin Plays. Okay. You can find me at Benjamin Plays. Don't you? And can we just get this podcast over with? <laughs> <laughs> uh, at Benjamin Plays. Thank you guys for listening. We'll be back next week. Uh, I don't know what's on tap. I don't think we'll do any conspiracy theory episodes for a little while. No, this was done. really fun, though. We're done. This was really fun. I, I am exhausted. Just bitter. The real conspiracy um, is how Ben fucked me on this question. We need to go. <laughs> Thank you guys for listening. From everyone at Epilogue, my name is Ben Vollmer. I'm with Dakota and Marcos. Thank you for listening. We'll see you guys next Monday. Have a good week. No. Fucking Caucasians. <laughs>